Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Beyond the Buoy. My name is Captain Zach, and in today's episode, I speak with Sherry Cisco of Kona Snorkel Trips. Now, this episode in particular is very special to me because I actually worked for Sherry during my time on the Big Island of Hawaii. I was fortunate to meet Sherry, and she offered me the job as a lead captain, which I so graciously took during my time on the island, and I learned... Uh, so much about the charter company, about boats, about just every aspect of running a business. And that's what I loved about Sherry. She was so open about everything in terms of how to run a business, how to get started, and the trials and tribulations that go along with it. And that's what I love about her story is she started with absolutely nothing, moved to California age 17 with a backpack, and created a very successful yacht management company and is an owner in many other businesses, not just Kona Snorkel Trips. I guess you would say she's somewhat of a serial entrepreneur, always looking for opportunities, always looking for that next thing. And it was just an awesome time being able to get her on the show, talk to her about her experiences, and then being able to share that with you. So with that, I hope you enjoy the show. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe, and always stick around towards the end. Well, Sherry, it's a pleasure to have you on Beyond the Buoy. And we actually decided about doing this on a trip to Kealakekua Bay, uh, what was it, four months ago or so, you'd say? Yeah, about that. About that. Yeah. And at that time, I was out in Hawaii working for you as uh, as your lead captain and, and loving it. And uh, now we're, you know, things have kind of changed due to the virus, but, um, you know, glad to have you on the show and talk more and, and let everyone know your story and the story of uh, Kona Snorkel Trip. So welcome to Beyond the Buoy. Thank you very much, Jack. And I like the name of the, the Beyond the Buoy. That's pretty genius, actually. Oh, thank you. Well, I really like that. I appreciate that. And the name of Beyond the Buoy actually came from a trip with, uh, with Will. We were out going past the green can. And on our way back, we were rounding the can. And I, would, I had been thinking about you know this podcast and what I was going to name it. And it hit me that we left the buoy and we went beyond the buoy. So that's kind of where the oh. name came from. Yeah, because Zoe said that that's what you named it, and I was like, "That is that is awesome. Oh, Sounds like a that. like a book title, and <laughs> you can like really take that and run with it." Yeah, but yeah, that's to, really really cool. You know, be yeah. able to have multi be multifaceted, right? Um, I like it. Yeah, but I wish Sherry I had thought of it. <laughs> okay, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Taking my ideas now. I know. <laughs> um, so Sherry, you know, you are you've done so many things in 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 your career, all of which kind of in in a lot of ways related to the ocean. And, um, you know, you've, you've had a yacht management company, you own KST, you, you are also the owner of Elite Adventures. But before that, you know, you kind of worked your way up and started from, you know, I would say the ground floor, like you, you moved to California at a young age. So you have a really interesting story. And I'd love to really start with that and then get right into Kona snorkel trips as well. Um, but yeah, so just introduce yourself, tell us a little about you. And then uh, yeah, hop into how, how'd you get to How'd you get to Hawaii? I guess would be the question. Well, from Hawaii. So anyway, Zach, <laughs> thank you for having me on because uh, I'm, I'm very honored to uh, to be on your your podcast. Um, yeah. For so Hawaii, that was kind of a, an interesting story because I, I didn't really I, I didn't have any big aspirations to leave California. I didn't think I was going to be moving anywhere. I thought I was going to be just doing what I was doing, you know, enjoying my lifestyle out in California and you know the the yacht management business and you know some other companies I had and and just woke up one day and just decided I needed a change. Um, so, you know, at, at, you know, 51, 52 years old, you're, you know, you're a little, you're a little slower to make changes than when you're 17, 18, which was the first go around of the big change from New Jersey to California. But, um, 
yeah, I just realized that I needed to make a change and I didn't want to wake up in 10 years and, you know, wish I had done it. And so I just, you know, up and left, basically. Up and left. I, up and left. I just, I left a really good business, a very lucrative um, business, um, a, a fantastic lifestyle of owning my own boats and, you know, running over to Catalina on the weekends and, you know, living in San Clemente and, you know, having boats in the harbor between Dana Point and Long Beach and, um, believe me, the lifestyle didn't suck. No, it doesn't <laughs> didn't, sound didn't, like didn't, it. <laughs> didn't, didn't suck at all. But um, but there was just something. It just seemed like this was the time to, you know, roll the dice, just take another gamble. Like, mm -hmm. I think I just got so secure and how, you know, everything was on autopilot. My business was on autopilot. We were busy all the time, which, you know, is a great problem to have. Um, I was making very good money. Um, I don't know, but I think you just get to a point where it's like, all right, you know, let's shake it up a little bit. Let's really see what you're made of. And Let's roll the dice and see if you can do this again. You did it the first time with nothing, right? You know, um, and liter literally, literally nothing. Yeah, dive um, into so the that second more because <laughs> that's the that's that's a really interesting part of your story. Is you know coming from you know moving from New Jersey to California, kind of on a whim, and then you know starting with nothing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was that was that was a tough time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that right. was tough. Um, but it, but in some ways it was, in some ways it wasn't. Um, it was, yeah, I mean, I had just graduated high school. I was in, uh, you know, basically in, in New Jersey, in Roxbury, New Jersey. And I don't know, I just, I just always knew there was a bigger world out there. You know, it was, it's a beautiful area. I'd never knock it. People knock New Jersey, but it's, it's actually really beautiful. Um, you're an East Coaster, you know what I'm, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's certain yeah. areas you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't want to go after dark, but not, not where I grew up. And it's, you know, it's kind of a small town feel, but you're close enough to New York City where when my mom wanted Chinese food, we would drive into Chinatown in New York and that's what, you know, we would go have Chinese food. Would, like most people just go around the block to a Chinese yeah, right. restaurant. Uh, but we were like 45, 55 minutes away and, you know, if there wasn't too much traffic. And so, you know, close enough to the big city, but far enough away. So more, more in the country area kind of thing, I would call it. Mm -hmm. um, and still now, I mean, all these years later, it really hasn't changed at all. So um, anyway, so it just, again, I thought there, there was a bigger world out there, um, some more opportunity. And uh, the funny, I think it all happened actually when it was like senior in high school, we all seniors had to take this class and we had to, it wasn't really a class, but basically it was instead of, you know, PE or whatever, we'd have to go in and you go in kind of the room by yourself and you're supposed to look up books and you're supposed to, at the time it was these like real to real things of um, different careers you know, just that you would be interested in. So whether it was, you know, I mean, people that, you know, I think that all thought we were going to be doctors and lawyers or something, but you know, you just, just, it was like a career, a career room. Right. Trying and, to find um, your way. Yeah, exactly. To help figure out if you went to college and what we wanted to master in, you know, what you wanted to get your degree in and um, what you wanted to, you know, what, what you thought you wanted to kind of pursue in life. And so I'm in there and I, you know, like most seniors in high school, you know, especially back then, I think now they're a little bit more centered, <laughs> but right, back then right. you don't have the internet and all this stuff. So you're just like, I don't know what, you know, just go, you know, just follow along with, you know, what, what, and to figure it out at some point. So, um, so anyway, so I was in there and I, I don't know how this book got in there or where it came from, but I just started looking through this book and it was a story about this guy, this kid that, um, that right after high school, he jumped up, he, he crewed on this boat and this boat sailed around the world and he just made his way kind of from place to place as a deckhand and kind of figured out thing, you know, figured out, you know, things as he, as he went. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was such a, and I have no idea how the book got in there. It was not related to anything that should have been in that room. <laughs> so I don't know. I just, I just had this envision in my head of just like, 
you know, I'm just like this adventure in boats. And, you know, I, I mean, we lived four hours from the Jersey Shore, you know, from Atlantic City. So it wasn't like we were big water people or boat people or, you know, that was very far from my radar. Mm-hmm. Um, but after reading that story, it really put something and inspired something in me. So I, I saw a movie, um, California Dreaming, um, and I, that, that was it. I was like, that's it. I saw hooked. this. I'm going to California. I'm hooked. So I started telling everybody I'm moving to California. And they're like, sure you are, uh-huh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was like a soft, you know, soft, I don't know. It's, it's like, well, yeah, at this point, I was probably a, a junior, senior in high school. Right. So anyway, um, it was just like a pipe dream, right? I put a poster up on my wall in my room and, you know, L.A. And that was that was the focus. So, you know, but you're a kid and it's like everything I knew was in New Jersey. My family was in New Jersey. Everything, you know, that I cared about was in New Jersey. And yeah. So I, you know, it was that it was a far-fetched idea, but just something that I kind of sunk onto. So I set a date for myself after graduation, and so you know, my parents were like, "Sure you are, sure you are, sure you're going." To. So anyway, my my, I don't I don't think anybody believed me. So right. when the time came, and I had my fifty dollars in my pocket and my backpack, and you know, all my worldly possessions, which basically fit in a small fit backpack. Fit into a backpack, yeah. No, I know, not much, yeah, yeah, a very small backpack too. <laughs> Um, I had nowhere to stay. I had no money on me. I had no plan, no plan whatsoever. So it came time. So, you know, I don't, no one believed me. So, I mean, it was, I had a friend drive me to the airport. Um, my parents didn't drive me. They, I didn't think they figured I would just get on a plane or I'd not even get on the plane and just come back home. Um, but I got on the plane and I landed and, you know, it was, uh, that's a whole nother story for another day, but I ended up <laughs> in Long Beach and in a roundabout way, I pretty much just hitchhiked a ride to Long Beach in the middle of the night. Um, and ended up, uh, that was how my start got going in California. I just, uh, never looked back. Um, I, I, the first thing I did was kind of walk around the Harbor and, and realize that there was plenty of boats. And I started putting signs around about doing boat maintenance and washing boats and calling people with boats for sale about, Mm -hmm. Hey, how are you going to sell your boat? If it's all dirty like this, somebody has got to clean it, you know? And well, do you do that? Sure. I do. You know, and that's, this is pay phones at the time, you know, where you're you're calling numbers off of pay phones and, you know, and, and, and so, um, so it was, it was scary when the first couple calls came in that I've like, you know, do you do this? Do you do that? So I ran to the library and figured out, sure, I can do this and sure I can varnish. So I get books out from the library on how to varnish and how to do teak restoration and what's the difference between teak and mahogany and, you know, um, how to wax a boat and, you know, fiberglass gel coat, you know, learning things like that. Just and figuring I just it out. Read, just figuring it out. And my company actually within years grew from, you know, nothing to the largest yacht management company in Southern California. Wow. Um, and uh, did extremely well. I mean, you know, worked out of San Pedro, Long Beach, Del Rey, uh, San Diego, Huntington, Newport, and, and of course, eventually, you know, landed, you know, between Dana Point and Newport. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it, yeah, it was it was a, a really fun ride. It was not always easy, but it was, um, you know, it was a dream job. It was a lot of hard work, but it was really rewarding, and it was it was really cool. Yeah, now it was, a, it was during, a fun ride. Yeah, I'm sure. And and during, you know, the beginning stages of it, I'm sure there was, you know, a lot of emotions and like what's going on and I'm here by myself and you know a lot of things that I experienced when I moved to Hawaii and and the oh, you know, yeah. there was probably a lot of um 
you know, those first steps to creating your company and, and calling that phone up and being like, Hey, do you want to, you know, do you need your boat waxed and, and just going out and figuring it out Were there ever like some, you know, something that stuck out to you that you can think back to now and be like, you know, that was a really good learning experience or, or this person really helped me and, and, and connected me with the right people. Oh yeah. I mean, there were, you know, a lot of, a lot of the things in life have to do with luck and whether that's, you know, that's whether you make your own luck or life happens to you because the universe rewards you for, you know, for your attempts, you know, whatever it may be, a lot of things happen because of luck and, and also noticing opportunity, at least in my life, that's what I've learned. And I, I have noticed that the most desperate, dire times when you're just like, come on, something always happens that flips things around, you know, and, and it always turns out like, thank God that happened. Because if that hadn't happened, then that person wouldn't have, you know, been there or, you know, you know, hooked me up with this other person that really made a big difference. And, you know, I think it was all about just, um, yeah, just just uh, demeaning people at the right time that were able to help you out. Also communicating and being friendly with other competitors that actually kind of felt for you and that wanted to help. Because at the time I was like the only female in a very male dominated field. Right. And, so, at this, and you're uh, what? How old at this point? Oh, 17, 18, 17. 18. Yeah, it blows my yeah. mind. I mean, barely, you know, barely t turned 18. Right. Um, and probably my, you know, w when things really blew up and I was probably about 20, I bought my first house at 21, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah. And I mean, it, it was, I was, a, I was a woman, I was younger. Um, but you know, but, but it, but I asked questions. I mean, and that was the thing that I tell, I always tell younger people this and people starting out now is to just don't feel like you're above it all. Like ask questions. You know, because you, if you don't ask, then like people like sometimes to be reached out to and it shows respect and, you know, it just, it's just, they're willing to help, you know, and if you're, you know, obviously, you know, you're nice about it and, you know, you really want to learn. I think people really want to help people that want to help themselves, mm -hmm. you know, um, and I, I do think that that's the truth. And I, I think, like I said, a lot of my success was to tell you the truth. It was just pure luck. I mean, I'll be really honest with you. It was a lot of hard work. But, um, you know, like, it, again, though, if you, looking at things and noticing opportunities when they come up that maybe other people wouldn't have noticed. Um, I think the biggest thing in business when you're in business for a long time, like the 30 plus years I was in business out in California, was um, noticing what works and what doesn't and not being so set um, adaptability, not being so set in your ways that you're not able to adapt or willing mm -hmm. to be, you know, willing to adapt and be adapt, you know, adapt to situations. Um, when you're in business, you know, you're going to find that, that there's going to be, you know, elections that change things and economies are going to crash and you're going to go through recessions and you're going to go through really good times. You're going to go through times where, you know, small businesses are hit really hard. You're going to go through other times that big businesses are hit really hard. You know, you got to, in order to survive the times, you have to be a chameleon. You have to adapt. Mm -hmm. And um, I know this isn't, you know, advice that a million other people haven't given, but it is, it, it is stuff that I have kind of stuck to and that I know that learn, you know, that, that I've learned the, the, often the hard way and that has worked for me is uh, just the ability to adapt. And if something's not working, then change it and, and don't be so set that you can't do something else. Just if that's not working, then don't do it. Do something right. else. You know, um, if people aren't spending money on their boats, then focus on residential or industrial. Um, and then, you know, sometimes that happened and we'd get these big I know at a really low time for the boat business because of the recession, you know, back, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, um, we started reaching out to, to more commercial operations and we ended up getting, getting a, a really big 
thing with um, with the Santa Anita racetrack. It ended oh, no up way. being a huge contract that, I mean, that, you know, we, that just, that blew us wide open. Doing but what if we for them? Hadn't, we ended up, it was kind of a funny situation. They opened this outdoor bar um, and they had, the, the health department wouldn't sign off on it until they actually had a cover. They probably never even used this cover, but they had to have, they, had, they reached out to me to see if we can facilitate some means of making a canvas cover to go over this full bar, but it had huh. to be rodent. It had to be rodent proof. So um, at the time, myself and my general manager did a whole bunch of research on this and found uh, this uh, this material that we can put it like in the middle of the fabric that you couldn't that, that it, the rats can't chew through. It was almost like a stainless steel layer, um, but it was really lightweight, and we were layer we were able to layer it between the canvas and uh, well the the tarping material. I don't even remember what it was at right. the time. But it had to be indoor/outdoor. It had to be able to be light enough where it wasn't too heavy, so you can't, you know, put this really heavy. It, it was very challenging. But we figured it out, and the bar was huge. It wasn't like this small bar. It was this huge outdoor bar. So, um, you know, it was a, it was a it was a very good contract. <laughs> yeah, and, and didn't um, and, you work with um, some guys on? Uh, you did some Hollywood stuff too, right? Yeah, the per- the Perfect Storm the perfect with uh, Storm. Warner Brothers, and there, yeah, when they were out in Dana Point, they contracted me to do a bunch of. Uh, maintenance work and cleanup work. And it wasn't very glamorous, but it it paid well. And it was really cool to be, you know, to kind of watch, be on the set and watch how all that kind of went down. And yeah, I actually saw that movie was on the other night. I watched it it again. (laughs) A lot (laughs) of those those storm scenes are all computer generated, but a lot of those helicopter scenes and stuff that were done right outside the Dana Point Harbor, which, you know, was home home to me for, you know, several decades, you know, so that's, you know that's uh, that's pretty cool. And Dana Point Harbor is, you know, along with Long Beach, uh, is like that's that's home to me. Yeah. You know, so. No, but I've not, always not, had. I a, mean, now, yeah, right, right, not now, back but, then. Yeah. Well, but, I've always yeah. had a lot of like admiration for you know your story and where you've come from, and you know, I, I'm I'm kind of the same way. Like I'm always asking questions, always, and that's kind of the you know a lot of the a lot of the you know, the driving force behind this podcast is you know getting to provide someone such as you know you and Kona Circle Trips with an awesome piece of content but at the same time like for me it's a learning experience you know like I'm getting to ask all these awesome incredible people questions about how they got started so um, you know and even you know working for you or working for other people that I've worked for asking the questions that I think I might know the answer to but just to get your opinion on it too you know has been something that I've always tried to do you know whether or not I think the answer is right or it's wrong just having that opinion uh, whether it be a second third or fourth opinion on it uh, has always kind of you know helped me and I think it sounds like you've kind of done the same thing in in your past as well yeah just get people's take on things because like you said it's if you just take a little bit from everybody and how it applies to you you know um, that's you know that's the best we can ask for but you learn a lot from people especially from people that have been through situations and sometimes you know, sometimes people do have a really interesting story. Sometimes they don't, you know, I mean, right. you know, sometimes things have just happened for people that have kind of like worked out for them and it just ended up being the way they ended up. But I, I think most people that are really passionate about what they do do have a story because I don't think it just landed in a lap. I think that, you know, I can speak for myself anyway that, you know, I did have to work really hard for what I had gotten. And I, I've lived a pretty amazing life because of what my business afforded me. Um, my, my true passion isn't working, believe it or not, <laughs> it, it's traveling, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's dive travel, it's adventure travel, it's, yep. you know, it's not vacationing, it's not going on a cruise, it's not 
you know, going to a five-star resort, you know, resort, um, although that, that can be nice too. Um, it's, uh, it, you know, it's going through the jungles of Papua New Guinea, you know, um, it's, you know, it's, it's diving, uh, you know, the wrecks of Chuk, um, you know, the, the World War II wrecks, mm-hmm. of, you know, the Rio de Janeiro and some of these 580 foot wrecks that you go into and, you know, you're penetrating and it's, it's just, it's amazing. Um, you know, world, world travel and, and, you know, and, and that's where I think, you know, if you really love what you do and you, you, you know, you're able to succeed at it, then, you know, you kind of take that and it's not like, yeah, I'm, I don't aspire to work 15 hours a day, but I will work 15 hours a day to get to a point where I can take, well, when I took the year and a half off and traveled all over the world, you know, um, you know, climbing, you know, base camp in Everest and Kilimanjaro, summiting Kilimanjaro and all the high peaks in Africa. And, right. You know, I mean, you just, you kind of make that list of, you know, what, what, you know, if I, if I had a month to live, what would I do? Mm-hmm. And um, it was right after 9-11, you know, and I just was like, man, you know, all these people, like it can, it happens so fast. Like what, what would I do if I just wanted to do the most amazing thing? And it was like, boom, I'm going to take a year and a half off and I'm going to travel all over the world. And I'm going to make a list of all the places that I want to go. And I'm not coming back until that list is done. Right. And that's what I did, you know, but, um, you know, and, and I had people help me out when, you know, and keep the business running when I was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but it's a means to, and I'm, and I'm t- getting off base a little bit, but it's just, I think, Working hard and finding what it is that you love to do is a means to a lifestyle that, you know, that you, you know, that, that you create for yourself. And it's different for everybody. Like my, I, I think my life is amazing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I'm living it every day and I can't, I can't even believe that I'm living the way that I'm living and, and doing what I'm doing every day. And it's, but it's not for everybody. I mean, somebody might look at my life and be like, oh, whatever, you know, that's just not for me. Right. Um, but, and that's what makes it so personal because it is for me. And, you know, for somebody else, it might be, you know, hanging out at home with the family and, you know, going out for a round of golf or, you know, play tennis or whatever. And that's, you know, in a small town. And, you know, that's kind of how I grew up. But, um, but Sherry's you know, like, I'm going to go hike Everest. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got to do so. And, and you know me, too. I'm a, I mean, you know no, me personally. Know. I'm, I'm a water bug. I mean, oh, I got to, totally. you know, I get up in the morning, I do my run and I'm in the water with the dolphins. I'm in the, you know, if I'm going to go for a swim, it's an open water swim and I'm going to watch the you know, from above when I'm swimming, I'm going to watch an octopus, uh, octopus feed and I'm, I'm going to watch a, yeah. you know, a, a whole, a, you know, school of yellow tang come in and then the dolphins, you know, come over and bug the, bug the bejeebies out of you. And the, you know, the babies are nudging you to play. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty, and I, and I tell the story and it's just like, this is my daily routine and people are like, wait, wait what? Oh yeah. Like, it's what, inc- what, yeah. what, what, yep. <laughs> you know? Like, well, it's hard to know, understand like, if you don't live on the big island, like you don't, you know, to be able to see dolphins every day is you, you almost become you know, unaware that the dolphins are even there after a while because you're just like, oh, oh I know. Dolphins. It's just like, you know? oh, yeah, there they are. <laughs> you take it for there granted. It's so sad. Well, just like, the, well, the same thing with the mantas at, the, right. you know, these sites. It's just like, you know, these 1,200-pound you know, manta ray right underneath you, you know, and, and you know, and, and it's just, you know, you, you know these, you know this marine life so almost intimately mm-hmm. because you see it so often um, that it's just like that's a whole other world for, for most people. Um, and, and I, you know, the question you'd ask all the time about being an avid diver and, you know, diving, uh, you know, several times a week, um, e- even now and, and, and being in the water all the time is, you know, do you ever see sharks? And it's like, yeah, I saw, you know, I saw a tiger yesterday. It's right. like, what do you mean? I saw a tiger shark yesterday. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, this is Hawaii, you know, right. and even when I lived in, in California, I mean, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're out there. I mean, is it, is it something, you know, that we're not supposed to see? I mean, mm-hmm. they live in the water and. I'm in the water. I mean, yeah, it's something you see, you know, you deal with on a regular basis and, um, you know, but it, but it's just that that's what makes it adventurous. That's what makes it fun. That's what makes it, you know, um, it, it's, you know, it's a, it's a story, 
you know, and it's, and it's, and it's, and it's my story, you know, everybody has their own story, but for me, this is my story. This is, this is, it's, it was amazing living in California. It was amazing being able to do what I did out there, but that time kind of came to an end and it was time to leave and it was time to make a different story. Mm -hmm. And again, when I came to Hawaii, I mean, it was the same thing. I had the same damn luck that I had when I moved to California because everything just fell into place so unbelievably easily that it was almost eerie. You know, of uh, you know, working with Konahona divers, working on the dive boat for that year, and getting a bunch of experience. And first year in Hawaii, a few years ago, I mean, I you know, I think I dove over 500 dives that first year, just getting out in the boat and getting experience on the boat. Um, you know, and and you know, experience with the groups and the the you know the the briefings and you know all that stuff, which transitioned extraordinarily well to Kona snorkel trips because. They're basically, you know, very similar briefings. The, the Manta experience mm -hmm. is, is extremely similar. Um, and then, you know, also making the contacts with other boat owners and both other boat crew that, you know, you know how important that is to have good relationships with these guys. Absolutely. Because it all translates, you know, the, the, you, have to, you have to get in good with these guys because it all translates to, you know, positioning and who's going to help you and who's going to, you know, who's going to really, you know, kind of be on your team when, uh, you know, when you're trying to show your customers a fantastic time and, and maybe show people something that they've, probably have never seen before and it will never see again. Right. You know, so, and you know, too, I mean, we put such a high priority on not only safety for Kona and Kona snorkel trips, but also the customer experience, mm -hmm. you know, excellent customer service, the customer experience, because we, again, we, we know what we see all the time and we know the lifestyle out here and everything, but you got it. Like I always think of the people that probably saved for 10 years to get a, a, a ticket to fly out here and have that Hawaii vacation, like, just money going into a jar every single month and right. saving and saving and saving to come out and probably a once in a lifetime chance. And then they have a choice of operators and then they, you know, for whatever reason, choose my company, you know, and I take that really seriously of just wanting, having that burden of knowing, knowing that, you know, a lot of things are riding on you because that, that experience can make or break um, everything that they've been researching about, about the Island and everything they've been wanting to do. And usually that the Manta or Dauphin experience is very high on the list. So you really want to over deliver to people because you want to uh, to make sure that you know they chose you. So you want to you know you want to give them 100 percent and beyond of what the experience is for them. And sometimes you can't control the marine life, but you can control you know the experience they have in your boat. Yeah, and you there can are some things your under our control. Yeah, the, your attitude and your sense of humor and your mm -hmm. and you know that we talk a lot of story with customers too. Like you know, especially down at Kealakekua and. You know, we try to educate people about the uh, the marine life. It's, it, we try to make it more than just, um, you know, a, a marine life experience. Of course, that's the main part of it. But there's there's so much more that goes into the whole experience that we that we do have control over. So, right. I mean, I feel like KST, and this is no dig to any other company out here, but I think that KST, Kona Snorkel Ships, has the best crew on island. Um, the most conscientious, the most... Uh, you know, I mean, uh, passionate about what we do because I don't want to hire anybody that just wants to do it for a job. I mm -hmm. mean, we got to be passionate about what we're doing and, and you know, and, and understanding the safety aspect and understanding, you know, that we can show people something, again, that they've never seen and experienced it in a way that they've never been able to experience it, you know, before. And, and you know, we, we've had, you know, we've had people tell you, I mean, I've been on the boat and people have told you, I've gone with other operators. This is my third time I've done the dolphin swim with you, you know, and the first time with you as an mm -hmm. operator. And it was such a different experience. 
And I'm like, well, how you've done this two other times. Like what makes this so different right. so we can learn? And they're like, it's just the way you guys try to, you, it's not like you just throw us in the water with the marine life. You tell us what to expect. You brief us. You tell us about how to not harass the animals. You tell us, you know, um, about them. We having a better understanding, um, you know, the, the, just from the time that we're greeted and treated from the time that we leave the vessel and everybody says goodbye and, you know, it's hugs and kisses and, you know, see you next time kind of thing. The whole experience is just a really, really nice experience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's the way, yeah, that's, that's the way we want to run our charters. That's what we want to be known as. Yeah. You know, I think as a forward. captain for me, when I first got to Hawaii and looking for opportunities, you know, kind of going back and reflecting on, on what happened in, in my experiences there and working with you and, and the awesome team between Konohonu, KST, Ali'i, um, you know, it really did all fall into place, you know, similar to your experience. Like it was looking back on it, it might've felt really hard in the moment, but having to, you know, where I am now and reflecting and whatnot, it, it really did all fall into place, you know, leaving my card on Virginia's desk and then you being able to call and you calling me the next day and picking me up. And then all of a sudden I had, you know, a full-time job the day after. So, um, but I think, you know, going back to, you know, what KST is really, trying to provide to, you know, tourists, locals, whoever comes on the boat, the way I always looked at it is very similar to you. You know, like here we have this person that has a once in a lifetime opportunity. Maybe it's their honeymoon. Maybe they just got married, you know, what have you, or they've saved up their entire life savings and this is it, right? This is the only trip, probably the only time they're going to be back on the island. It would be selfish for me not to provide them the best trip I possibly can. You know, so when I step on that boat, I have to, I have to flip the switch, right? Like I am now Captain Zach. I'm not Zach that went to the gym 10 minutes ago or Zach that, you know, is dealing with some family, you know, stuff at home. I'm Captain Zach and I have to portray that. And because this, this person deserves that, right? They've saved right. up their Absolutely. entire life savings to, to meet me and to be on the island and to enjoy this trip and this charter. And I think it's really important that all charter, you know, boats kind of operate in that in that mindset because then you provide that person with the best experience possible. And in through the reviews, like, you know, we've had some amazing reviews where they're like, this was a life changing experience. And, or, yeah. or, or the son was like, you know, my, my son was terrified of the water before coming on the boat or, you know, he was hesitant to get on the boat, but the captain and the crew and everyone involved was so, you know, warm and welcoming that he had a phenomenal time. And, you know, I look at it as maybe that kid becomes the next, you know, dolphin researcher that, you know, cures cancer and something, or, you know, like something crazy, but, yeah. you know, but to like yeah. provide him with that opportunity that, you know, for us, like waking up every single day, we see dolphins, like, all right, maybe we, we what if we miss a day that, all right, the dolphins didn't show up? Well, for us, we're going to see him tomorrow. But for that person that missed the dolphins, that was their one opportunity. So it's it's like, a, right. and obviously like we can't control marine life, but like you said, we can control our attitude. We can control the, you know, the smiles that we have on the boat and the jokes that we tell. So it would be a disservice if we didn't do our best job. So, I mean, that's kind of how I looked at it and, you know, flipping that switch on and off. Captain Zach, not Captain Zach, Captain Zach, you know what I mean? So, right. Um, yeah. And I think it and shows. That's yeah, absolutely. And that's what made you good at your job. I mean, I, you know, I, and the crew loved working with you. I loved working with you for that reason. I mean, it was, you know, you were really good at that. And, and I'm sure, you know, whatever you do, you're going to, you know, you're going to take that same kind of philosophy to captaining other boats and working with people. It's just, you know, you, you just, that's how you, I mean, that's how you develop. I mean, and again, like you, you said reviews, like 
for us, the Google reviews are so key in this business. Mm -hmm. um, my company in California, like I didn't need stuff like that. Like we never relied on social media. We never, we did, I didn't care about reviews. I mean, I, I barely even used a computer. Um, you know, it was, it was such a different situation, but now you live or die by reviews and we have the most five-star review of any snorkel company on Island. And, um, I mean, you know how, uh, you know, how much that, that reviews help. Oh yeah. And big time. we, uh, we, I mean, and there's after charters, I mean, sometimes it will have 15 people on the boat and 10 people will give a five-star review. Yeah. I mean, you know, that is, you do know how hard it is to get mm -hmm. people to take the time to get their phones out when they're on vacation. To, to sit down and take the time to do it. And sometimes they have a hard time getting in on their Gmail. And instead of just saying, oh, screw it, you know, they, they keep at it. And, you know, because they want to do that for you because right. you provided such a good experience. Yeah. And to inspire someone to take their time to do that, the most valuable possession they have and, and, and part of their vacation when they just want to, you know, it's like when people finally want to get up, they, they want to go to the restroom. They want to get, you know, they want to get their bathing suits off and right. clothes on and they want to get out to go to happy hour or whatever. They want to continue on with their trip. But to, to see so many people that will linger around and be like, you know, I'm starving, but I'm not leaving here until I do this review because I don't want to forget to do it once, you know, I start living my life again. Right, <laughs> you right, know, right, and, right. And go on to the next thing. Yeah. So, um, you know, to inspire people to, to, to take the time to do that and to um, to earn that from people, I think it's really important. And um, and, and the attitude that you had, you know, about what you're saying about, you know, uh, the, the wanting to give people the best trip possible. I mean, that's... That's what I try to instill on all of my crew members. I mean, you you got it, and you always brought that to the table. Um, and I and I think most people. I mean, Charlie, you know, Phil. Yeah, I, mean, I think Phil all the everyone fantastic. at KSC does that. Yeah. Yeah. Phil, Phil is such job. a storyteller. Yeah. I mean, and he's taught you Phil a lot. Phil does I mean, have that, good stories. I know that 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 last day that I had you do the story at KL Kua, the Captain Cook story. That was you. You nailed it. You're like, yeah, all right, yeah. kids, <laughs> just get around the campfire. <laughs> um, but yeah, you you nailed it. But I know a lot of that was you know you learned from Phil, which yeah. he is like he is like a, just a history buff on the island. And and with Charlie, his you know wife being Hawaiian and having these unbelievable stories of not only his you know some some history about the islands and stuff and you know Pele and when his uncle and his, you know, his cousin, you know, picked up Pele on the, I think down the, uh, what, Queen K yeah, yep. or Saddle Road. Saddle Road, Saddle yep. Road and, going over Hilo, yeah. Yeah, yeah and so the story about that and the stories, you know, the, of the night marchers and, you know, you, you get them going, Charlie can, Charlie could, I mean, he sits, I, I, I just sit and listen. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, and then, and obviously Jillian, you know, Jillian had, you know, being a local here, she had some amazing stories and, you know, Risa, Risa is probably one of the do best um, dolphin guides that I've worked with as far as understanding the, um, you know, be, besides myself, of course, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> understanding dolphin behavior yeah. and uh, the, the marine life is really even with the, you know, with the mantas, like really being polished about understanding the, you know, when they're, you know, what, what they're, um, you know, basically showing their emotions, like if they're, you know, for, you know, if they want to be left alone with their, you know, their body language is showing like she's mm -hmm. very, she's very in tune with the dolphins and, and uh, kind of understands, you know, um, when, when it's time to, you know, pull away or when it's, you know, they want to be more interactive. Right. Um, you know, so, you know, and Will, I mean, Will, Will left shortly after you to go back to Denver, but, you know, Will was great, a lifeguard, lifelong life, lifeguard, super, super good in the water. Um, you know, so, you know, we've got, you know, we've got a really, really good team. Carl, you know, Carl's an amazing mm -hmm. captain um, and uh, Mr. One Bad Joke After Another, but they, they do, <laughs> they, they, they do get yeah. funny after a while. <laughs> I don't know. How, I don't know if the whole process gets funny, but if the jokes get funnier because they get worse and worse, but, 
um, you know, but it's, you know, we have, it's a family and we have a good time together and yeah, you know, we work team. well together. It does. It takes a team. Exactly. Yeah. And, it's, and it takes a team liking each other, respecting each other and respecting what we're doing and how we're doing it and being proud of the company that, you know, that we all work for. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, it, you definitely felt that, especially working, you know, working for you and, and being over there and, and Hawaii is just such a, it's such a different culture you know, and being able to embrace that culture and, you know, from, you know, working with Joe, Will, you know, Risa, I, I always loved Risa's, like, I called it her Alaskan grit. You know, I know. She was kind of like a, she's like a little bulldog. And she's just kind of like, yeah, yeah she's, <laughs> she's a beast and, you know, she gets in the water and, and just, you know, takes care of business and, you know, everyone had their, everyone had a strength and everyone, and there wasn't a, there wasn't a weak link but everyone was good at like they had their one thing that they were good at, you know. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and KST. So you you go from you know living in California, you have a fantastic opportunity to you know hop on board with KST. You become the owner of KST, and then all of a sudden you know you start to you're like, all right, well, where can we go further, right? And this is the right. thing I always loved about you is like you're always looking for that opportunity, and even in the smallest thing possible, like we would. Um, you know, if the opportunity, for instance, the, the ice, right. We're always, we're always mm -hmm. spending money on ice. Well, well, how can we make this like, how can we get, you know, make this a lot cheaper and more efficient and more effective. And you're always willing to really, you know, take suggestions from the crew and the captains and like, all right, now we can make this a better and much easier process, which at the end saves, you know, billing hours and time. So it all makes sense. Like it right. all comes out. So, right. you know, all of a sudden you start to shift and you look towards elite adventures. So, and we just, I just talked to Zoe and she's also, she's going to be on the podcast for those that are listening. Um, Zoe is the, the, what would you call her? The manager of Elite General Adventures? manager. General GM, manager. Yeah. Okay. GM. Yeah. Um, but you know, in your own words, what, what is Elite Adventures and how did that come to be? Cause it, it mates so perfectly with KST and KHD as well. Yeah, it does. It all it all kind of ties together. So when I moved here to Hawaii, it was under. I mean, I'm a diver. You know, I mean, I, you know, that's my thing. I mean, I, you know, I got my instructor card back in the mid '80s or so, late '80s, '87, '88. I don't know. Um, but I always prided myself on being a die diehard diver, right? Thousands and thousands and thousands of mm -hmm. dives under me, and there's not a day that goes by that I'm not either in the water diving or thinking about being in the water diving. Dive and run. Um, dive and run. That's dive and run, dive and run, yeah. and paddle, and paddle and too. Paddle. <laughs> and, dive, run, paddle. And all you swim. run on is, is hummus and cheese sticks. <laughs> and peanut butter. I and eat a lot butter, of peanut butter. peanut butter. As far as I know, I haven't seen you eat anything else, but. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, yeah, oh, microwave, yeah, microwave popcorn. No, that's, that's usually right, dinner. popcorn. Yeah, but, yeah, but it works for me. <laughs> it works, <laughs> it hey, works. It works for me. Yeah. I know. So Elite um, so, Adventures, yeah. Yeah, so Elite Adventures um, takes, well, when, so when I came here, I really wanted to do the, the, the diving thing. So I hopped on board with Byron and had the idea of going into some kind of partnership. But, and that's why I worked on the boat for the you know, first year of being here. And it, it, we just weren't sure how we were going to partner up. Um, Byron Kay is the owner of Konohono Divers, really you know, smart guy, very, um, you know, he comes from a marine biology background. Um, you know, real go-getter, and you know, he always had this vision for Konohana divers. But I knew that he wanted to kind of expand on things as well. So it was one of those things where, I, you know, we we knew we wanted to expand, but we didn't know in what direction. And the more I kind of studied things out here, and the more that I kind of saw out here, I realized, as much as I hated to admit it, the money was in snorkeling. <laughs> you mm. know, because um, you know, as an avid diver, I mean, yes, you know, I I would you know pick diving over snorkeling any day of the week. 
uh, and uh, under most circumstances, but I'll come back to that because I would not suggest that for the, well, I don't want to say either way, but anyway, all right. So let me <laughs> not get off track too much because I don't want Byron to come back to me. Why did you say that? Um, but as, as far as uh, a lot of the marine life goes, um, sometimes you can see better things, you know, when you're snorkeling and, and mm. not as, you know, not as threatening with the bubbles and stuff. But being a diver, my vision was always to do something out here in Hawaii with diving, but I realized upon getting out here that I, I really thought that there was a really good niche with snorkeling. And given the fact that anybody can snorkel, but not everyone can dive, you need a dive certification. You know, um, a lot of people plan their dive trips way in advance. Um, me, myself, as a dive traveler, you know, I mean, I have the next three trips planned out another year and a half from now. So in snorkeling, you kind of get out here and a lot of people, anybody can snorkel for the most part. They just need to be a little, like a basic swimming skills. I wouldn't put anybody in the water that is you know, afraid of the water, doesn't know how to swim because there are a lot of variables out here besides just marine life, but current, um, you know, deeper water situations, intimidation, people getting in over their heads. Um, panic is a scary thing. And, you know, it's just, it's not advisable unless you have some water experience. But for the most part, 90% of the people out there are comfortable enough in the water to get in the water, even with flotation um, and be able to experience a lot of what we have out here. So it, it, the numbers go from maybe... 20% of the people that can dive to all of a sudden 90% of the people that could feel comfortable floating in the water, you know, and that's really all you need to do for snorkeling. You know, the rest will show you, we'll show you how to use a mask and snorkel. We'll show you how to, you know, kick with fins. We'll show you how, to, you know, body positioning to be the most efficient in the water, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. And all of my crew is trained in that. Um, and we're all naturalists. We all understand the marine life out mm -hmm. here. And we all understand most importantly above anything else, we all understand how to respect it because if the marine life isn't respected out here, we will not do, we will not do this. Right. You know, so it is about making sure that we're not harassing the dolphins. It's about making sure that we are not harassing the mantas, that we're not harassing anything, you know, just as much as we don't want to be harassed, we're not going to be harassing the marine life. So there is a way to comfortably and safely do it. And I'm, I'm not talking about for the people <laughs> I'm right. talking about for the marine life, you know, cause I, I, as an avid, avid diver and, you know, a, 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 like I said, a naturalist and a lover of uh, all kinds of, you know, everything living, but mostly marine life. And I will not compromise on that. So, um, so we do, you know, we do really, really, really try to tell people and help people to understand that that's important to us. And it's important to the, you know, the safety of the, the, the animals out here. So, um, so where was I going with this? So basically, I think the thought pattern was, um, where was I going with this again? You know, you're, so you're, you're, we're leading up to elite adventures. Oh yeah. So how that all happened. Okay. So, boy, I really got off on a nah, tangent No worries. There. Okay. <laughs> no, it all, it all, so, it all makes sense, you know? <laughs> all right. So now I remember where I was. I'll get back to where I was. So Byron. All right. So, so, so I started with Byron. So Byron K being the owner of Conado Dives, we, we couldn't figure out what we really wanted to do. So I really wanted to bring in the snorkeling aspect of it. And in the beginning, he wasn't too thrilled with it, but I think he learned to kind of trust me and trust my instincts on things. And we decided to partner up along with Virginia Armstrong uh, with Kona Snorkel Trips. And we all bring something very different to the table. I bring my specialty with boats and operational skills and, you know, driving the boat as well as, you know, handling uh, how I want the crew to handle the, you know, the situation with the, uh, the marine life and the briefings. Um, and also, you know, crewing myself um, mm -hmm. and, and running a lot of the charters myself, where Virginia handles a lot of the stuff behind the scenes. Like if you call um, and have questions, you're going to probably talk to Virginia, book bookkeeping, you know, all the, all the stuff behind the desk that I don't like doing. And Byron is the social media guru. Um, he used to just for fun build computers. 
So he's got that kind of a mind. Um, he understands, you know, he understands how important Google reviews are and social media and well, podcasts, um, mm -hmm. you know, YouTube videos. And he's really, really, really good about, um, you know, blogging and positioning on uh, things that I know nothing about and the things I didn't have to know anything about and, and the career that I had before and the businesses that I had before. So, um, so we all bring something really unique to the table. And, um, and I think most importantly, we have a lot of respect for each other and we all kind of, you know, keep out of each other's, I don't know, I guess part of it, which makes it work really well because they are good at what they do. I'm good at what I do. And we don't really, you know, interfere. Right. And that's what makes a really well-oiled machine. So when it when 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 we kind of went into that aspect of, of the snorkeling, the first thing that I wanted to really do was I wanted to be able to sell my own trips. So I, I am coming coming around to Ali. Yeah, <laughs> so no, and I wanted to do this yeah. from the get go. Like so, as soon as we started with kind of snorkel trips, I really that was the thing. I, I had a vision that in town I'd have some kind of a kiosk set up. We could maybe sell you know some T-shirts and hats, but mostly sell. The tour and i realized if we're not working with third-party vendors then we don't have 30 or 40 percent of our income taken out right from the start so you know when you're booking your own trips you're starting out at 100 percent, and that's all good and fine but when you start to work with third-party vendors it gets sliced and diced and everybody wants a piece of the pie so then all of a sudden you're taking people out at 60 70 cents on the dollar right um you know and when you're you know i mean that that really cuts into your profits at the end of the day so you know, we, you know, so basically it was my intention of trying to find something um, in town. And as you know, in downtown Kona, it very few and far between, you know, do things come up and well, it's a little easier now, but, but uh, back, back then a year ago or so, um, you know, things don't come up that, that easily. And when they do, they're usually in back areas that they're not seen from the E drive, which is the main vein through here right. um, or the, you know, the rent's super expensive. So um, when this location came up from uh, from Hyper, you know that that he was actually giving this up to consult to consolidate. We ended up um, being able to you know to kind of take over this area, this this building here, which is to me the center point of downtown Kona. It's right on right on Ali'i and Palani. It's basically yeah, it really right at the start of where spot. Iron Man. It's an amazing spot. It's Incredible. like and, and it, I mean you got either the town either ends or begins here. But it's just, it's right here. It's an independent building. Um, we painted it blue. It kind of stands out as being very noticeable. And, um, you know, we decided not only do we want to sell our tours out of here, but we've got the space for it. So why not? It just kind of went from, let's go here, let's go here. So it ended up being like a full aquatic center. Mm -hmm. So we do book our tours through here. We book Konohono tours through here. We book all kinds of land-based operations. We work with Lights Up, um, which is a really neat concept of, um, you know, paddle boards with, you know, plexi in the middle so that you can see uh, with lights going through. Actually, we had them out a couple of times and we saw mantas underneath and we saw Yeah, I saw that on, and, um, I think it was Reese's yeah. Instagram. It was amazing. Yeah, wasn't that really it cool? Really we've cool. gone out a few times now. Every single time we've gone out, we've had an amazing experience. And, um, you know, Kelly, uh, you know, Kelly's been great to work with. Kelly and Ray own Lights Up and mm -hmm. they're, they, it's, a, it's an amazing concept. Actually, Shark Tank has invited them. To oh, go on no and keep way. telling them yeah i keep telling them if you don't want to do it i'll do it i'll, what? I'll go on like yeah heck yeah yeah i know that's what i'm saying I'm like is there anything i can do to get on shark tank I'm yeah, like, no kidding right you know they've reached out to him a couple of times now and i'm like shark tank it. reached out so, to them yes and shark tank reached out to them Come kelly on. doesn't want to stand in front of a camera and he well, does right fly me out i'll go do it i know i know actually it'd be great zoe said she'd do it but she they're looking into it to see if they um they need uh, the creators might have to be the ones pitching it yeah so um, Zoe would be, you or Zoe would be perfect for in front of the camera. Well, let's just both but, do um, it then. 
I know, right? I know. I, I'm working on it. But again, I don't. I don't know how it stipulates if we, uh, you know, if we if we can actually represent for them. Right. But I just thought it would be an amazing thing for them yeah, to be absolutely. able to do, and and for us too, because we're representing their boards, and it's a really unique concept. They're working on the patenting and the trade, you know, the trade, uh, mm -hmm. the trade things on it, but um, the trademarks on it. But it's a really really neat concept where either in the evening or in the mornings, like pre-dawn stuff, where you can go out and just see life on the reef. Like somebody that doesn't really feel comfortable snorkeling around and doesn't really want to get in the water it gets cold really fast mm -hmm. you know you're on these paddle boards and um you, you know i mean you can see right underneath you and and this stuff just comes up they're not it's not threatened they come up the dolphin will get right underneath and especially with the lights attached to it it's at night it just lights things up where it's amazing the stuff that'll come up to the board yeah there's so um, many different and, applications uh, you know, for it yeah it is and, and I, next time you're out here though we got to take you out at night because uh that first time I went out with, with Kelly and um, Silas and a group of people, um, it was like, yeah, Zoe, Silas, Sam, Kelly, and myself. Um, I think Risa and Jeanette went out too that night, or Risa did. Anyway, we went out as a group and we uh, we went out, um, you know, just, just right off the beach and we ended up with eight mantas and a, a, a wow. pot of bottlenose came in. That's an incredible and The bottlenose were, yeah, whipping in and out and, you know, it was just like, what? And, you right. know, it's so, some of that footage is just epic. I mean, it, it's like you, you can't make this stuff up. Right. And this is the open ocean. I mean, this is this is just like this, you know, that they, they yeah, it, it's just, yeah, we just had an, an amazing, amazing experience. Yeah. Just when you think you see it all, you know, then you're right. just like, huh. Yeah. That was, that, was, that was, even on my standards, that was really cool. And my standards are way up there. <laughs> I've seen it all. Yeah. Um, no, I remember but, uh, I, that, I was out there and um, there was, uh, we had, I think, 10 mantas just rolling under the boat rolling under all the bo both the boards and then all of a sudden a pot of dolphins come in and they're they're chasing the uh, the needlefish and oh, some yeah. of the they're other guys yeah some of the other guys yeah just, just popping around some of the other guys who were who'd been doing it for a while and i believe they were uh, you know local hawaiian guys they started grabbing the needlefish in the water which i don't know how they did because i've tried it and i haven't caught one yet um, but they would grab them, they'd throw them in the air, and the dolphins would jump out and do a spin. It was like I was at, like, SeaWorld. SeaWorld, and, and yeah. It was, and it was, like, 11 o'clock at night. It was absolutely incredible. Yeah, no, I, I remember you telling me that story. That is really cool. And what happens when they do, you know, you don't sort of, the, the, the thing is, too, is when they're chasing the needlefish like that, like when we were on the boards, the needlefish were jumping up on the boards. Oh, yeah. So it was really easy to grab the fish thin and throw them back, and the dolphins oh, man, were catching yeah. them. But they, and they're and they're stinky though. They, your hands smell like you just oh, grabbed mackerel. They smell terrible. They smell terrible. Remember when they would jump up on the boat after we would put the light on for people and they'd yeah. all start jumping? A couple would jump on the boat I'm like get them off the boat. I remember <laughs> I did that when you were on the boat yeah. and you're like, yeah, Zach, let's not do that again. Let's not do that again. <laughs> no. Well, they were all jumping on the boat. I know, and it's just like uh, get them off. They're get really them off. and they're stinky. Yeah. They're really smelly. Um, and some of them get pretty big. Yeah, but um, but yeah, when they when they ended up on the board, that's when we were just like we were just taking them and throwing them back in the same thing. Like the bottlenose weren't just jumping out; they were just grabbing them. Yeah. But um, but yeah, once once they start to go into a panic like that, they just start jumping all over the place, you know. But but super cool experience, and that's what makes the light stuff, um, you know, paddle paddle boards really unique. And the only reason I'm bringing it up is because um, we do rent them from here and. I think um, we have we have four right now, and I think they just got the new gen boards in. Um, so I think we're going to be getting four or five more boards in. So we'll be able to rent those out. It looks like we'll be able to do our own tours here soon because we're wow. gonna, we're gaining the access right now to the um, Ironman Beach, which we can actually take people out now. Oh, very um, cool. When things reopen and things start back up again, so I'm not sure if we're going to be handling that or Kelly is, but we will be able to kind of 
do probably a little bit more of evening stuff right. out here um, where we can get over the reef and see some really cool things with the lights at night That's and awesome. give people the opportunity to, you know, to do that. Yeah. So, and then we've got the electric bikes, we've got surfboards, we've got paddleboards, we've got dive gear, all kinds of shore diving. Um, we've got, you know, of course, you know, snorkel rental stuff. Uh, we've got the, our regular paddle boards, uh, the one man, the two man. We even have a little kid kayak now. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> all right. And it's, it's been taken out a few times. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, from. And then we got, you know, we got all the tours that we got that we're able to promote and do all that and apparel. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, it's always, like I said, you know, I really admire your, I guess the only word that comes to mind right now is like your determination, but your chutzpah, right? Your, your ability to oh, see an opportunity. <laughs> You know, maybe that's not, yeah, I guess that's a word, right? Chutzpah? That's uh, a word. I think so. I think my grandma said it once. Yeah, see, you know, I'm... Zach. <laughs> I know. The oldest, You're the oldest 22 person. year Yeah, I know. You are the oldest, youngest person I've ever met. You're uh, like 22 going on like 50. Oh, no. uh, 23 as of yesterday. <laughs> well, oh, that's right. Happy birthday. Uh, thank you. Oh, yeah. Zach. Happy birthday, dude. Uh, Did you have that. a fun day? Yeah, you know what? Did I you... actually went flying with a buddy of mine nice yeah it took me up so i was flying the plane yeah. so a cessna 152 it was a Whoa. piper it was a piper oh. cherokee so small oh, you got rich friends oh, so got, i was i was shooting for like my poor friends yeah you were in a oh piper no, cherokee no. Was a nice... <laughs> this thing was from 1972 <laughs> oh okay i won't get i won't get the whole uh jfk jr plane oh you no know, yeah had, i think that's what he had yeah yeah this um, thing was no uh... pipers are nice they're really nice well you know back in my flying days i had you know i've what 500 hours on a Cessna 150 152 172 yeah yeah single engine you know fun stuff fun stuff yeah it's but, and, yeah and that's the other thing like you you've, you just have so many hobbies uh you know skill sets the ability to adapt and overcome and find opportunities and and just look at things differently like I've always admired that and you know I'm, I've just been really I was really glad to be able to have you on the show and uh, oh, you know, talk you. more about that but you know I always ask this one question or I guess two questions really is um, you know, having lived and worked on the ocean and, and tourism and, you know, just living near the water, I think it always, there's always like a special spot for it in, in everyone's, in people that live and work by the, in, in their lives, right? So, you know, for me, I know that if, if I'm not by the ocean for an extended period of time, I kind of get a little anxiety and anxious, right? So right. what is, um, what's kind of the ocean, what does that mean for you? You know, how does it fit into your life? Well, it's, it's, it's my life. I mean, I, I, whether I go on a swim or a snorkel or a dive, it's just like, it's just like a, an exploration, right? You, you know, especially diving. Um, for me, diving with all this other stuff, diving is still a, a huge passion of mine. And, and like Zoe and, and uh, Zoe and um, Johan and myself and a couple other people went out, um, what was it, Saturday, we went to Pebble Beach and did a, a shore dive. And what an amazing experience. I mean, not only the topography that we have, just, you know, here in Kona, I mean, obviously I've dove all over the world and have been privileged enough to do, you know, some amazing dives just about almost everywhere, <laughs> everywhere that's not cold. Um, it's, uh, it's just, it's, it's always like a new adventure. You can dive the same dive every single day if you wanted to. And if you, you know, look at it a certain way, like you're, you see different things every single day and it's a different dive every single day. And it's just go, about going down there and exploring. You know, it's just uh, taking your time and exploring. And I call it life on the reef. And that's kind of what I think in my mind, like another day of life on the reef. And it's amazing. The stuff that the fish do and the way they hunt and, you know, just the stuff, the, the cool things you can find. And, 
you know, just, just the amazing creatures that are down there. Some of them look really weird and you're not sure what mm -hmm. the purpose is and others are so beautiful. Like some of the reef fish that we have here, um, even the yellow tang, like yellow tang is so common around here, but how, how colorful they are and how far you can see them. Like you can be up in a plane flying and see yellow tang in the water. Yeah, they're pretty um, wild. They're just, they're pretty, yeah. They're, and they're, the butterfly fish that we have, the arnates, and, you know, sometimes it looks like you're looking right through them. And, you know, some of the amazing reef fish that we have out here. Um, but it's just about exploring. It's about, you know, being able to be in an environment where you're, it's kind of like for some people, I guess, that idea of going to outer space, right? You're going to this other, this completely other, another world. And you're able to kind of, if you are, you know, do it right, you kind of blend in. And when the marine life's not threatened by you, they continue on and do what they're going to do all around you. And it doesn't stop, you know, so you're, you're witnessing experience and experiencing a, a, a whole different level of life that most people, you know, don't even know what it looks like, Yeah. you know, and it's so fun. It's beautiful. It's, it's amazing. Even if you don't see anything, I mean, I'd probably be saying this, even if I was in a puddle of mud, you know, it's just, you can always find something. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, one of the things we did the other day, and we, we don't promote it within the company at all. So this is totally off the record, <laughs> but, but Zoe and Byron found, um, and you got to do this when you come out, we've got to do this together. But we, they, uh, they found this area that you can actually go into and, and uh, it's these lava tubes and there's fresh water in these lava tubes. And it's amazing. We brought the big blue, the big blue lights out. We brought yeah. like six of them. So we hiked in and we, we put these lights in the, in the water and, uh, it, it, oh my God, it was an incredible, but we saw, we saw a little fish. Oh, and, no and way. It, this is all fresh water. So we were like, how did that get here? You know, but it's just the amazing, like it had to come up some channel from somewhere. Like eventually it goes into the ocean. Right. But it was just like, I have no idea how that little fish got in there. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, just, it's just, just amazing, you know, amazing stuff out here and just, you know, different adventures and, you know, but every day that I go in the water, it's a different adventure. Even if it's just a swim out to the Ironman buoy and back, you know, um, you know, it's still life on the reef. It's still, you know, you're still observing life happening, you know, from above or on the same level. And it's just, it's just amazing. Right. And, and it'll always that. be amazing. Oh, I, I do too. I mean, I, I gotta be in the water, you yeah. know, that's just, but some people get pulled by, like, I, I know other people that don't care about the water. They're just they're, like, they're mountain bikers and it's always about the next trail and, you know, and that's, you know, that I, I think that's cool, but that's, you know, I'm a water bug, you know, like I got to be in the water on the water, you know, I got to be, you know, driving a boat. I got to be in the boat. I got to be in the water. I've got to be, you know, either on it or in it. Yeah. And or at um, least looking at, you it. know, at least looking at it. Well, if I'm going to be looking at it, I better be, might as well be on it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, true. might as well be in it. It's just like, if I'm going to be here looking at it, I might as well just be, you know, I might as well just grab the paddleboard and be on it. Right. Um, but, um, but yeah, but it's, uh, and luckily, you know, I, I got lucky enough in life that I was able to kind of follow my dream and follow my passion and, you know, um, you know, just, just follow where my heart sent me. And, you know, I think that that a lot of it just ended up by luck and by good fortune. Um, some of it is persistence and some of it was just pure determination, but, but, uh, but it's, you know, life's an experience and you got to roll the dice. You know, I mean, when I left California, people thought I was crazy. I gave away a lot of what I had. I left a business that made a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to nothing like I, I, there, I was not, I didn't have a job. I was not in this situation. So I was probably 17. No, I, I probably 14. Right, <laughs> I'm right. in my early fifties now. Yeah. I mean, well now I'm like, a couple of weeks, I'll be 54, but you know, so I was working since I was 14 and I came out here with no job and no idea, but I, obviously I had savings and, you know, kind of a semi-retirement kind of mm -hmm. situation going on. 
But, um, but I was, yeah, I was able to kind of do exactly what in my mind I thought, okay, if I'm going to do this, how am I going to do it? What it, what's going to make me happy? And luckily everything fell in the place of being able to have the aquatic center, be able to have KST and still have the ties to, to Konohana divers and, you know, be able to have the boat and be able to be driving the boat, be able to be crewing, um, and being, you know, showing people my passion for the water, the marine life, um, for the, the experience. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, one thing that, that we, that, the biggest question that people ask is like, you know, what, what are you, what are you doing out here? Like, what, what, what do you do with Kona Hona divers, with Kona snorkel trips, with elite adventures? It's not like we're not, well, we're, we're, we're renting out things to people. We're taking people on tours. We're giving people good experience diving. You know, that's all part of it. But the main thing is, is we're, I know this sounds kind of corny, but we're making memories for people. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're making memories for people that go home and think about this experience when they're sitting in their fluorescent lighting you know, at their desk right. and their job that they're, they're, you know, and, 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 you know, some people aren't lucky enough to be able to come out here, mm-hmm. you know, to once a year or twice a year. Some people, you know, some, some, it's, it's sometimes every other year or every few years. And, you know, you're making memories for people that'll, that'll, you know, think about you, think about the experience, think about, um, you know, your, your, your charter for a long time to come. And if you do it right, then that's what's happening. You know, it's not just, so oh, we went, went out on a boat. I don't know who it was. And that's what drives me crazy sometimes when you're like, well, who are the two other operators you went with before right. you went with us? It's like, I don't remember who they were. I'm like, really? Neither one of them? I want to leave people where people ask them. It's like, oh, Kona snorkel trips. Like, they're not going to say, oh, we don't remember who they were. You know, I mean, I would be devastated if I heard that because yeah, that means no, I didn't true. do my job and my crew didn't do their job. Very true. You know, um, and I want I want them to be like, oh, hands down, it was Kona Snorkel Trips. And I remember them like it was yesterday. We took a, we took a, it was a year ago, but they were phenomenal, and you really got to go with them. Mm-hmm. And um, and for the other operators that they didn't remember, they didn't do something to make them remember. So that's on them, you know. But right. for us, you know, we'd hopefully make trips that. And you can't, you know, you can't, you know, it's not always going to happen. But you know, you try your best to make sure that you're never going to make 100 percent of the people happy. But if you can make 90. 98.9999 or 99% then you know you, that one that one that got away from you <laughs> right <laughs> don't say the battle axe that's the battle axe that's the only one that's, that's the battle but, axe. The, but honestly that's the only situation that I can remember that happening you know I know but we still got a four star I know and <laughs> out of, out of that it was a four star, star. And you I know, got called the battle axe. <laughs> I did. Keep, I know. I've been called worse, Zach. I hate, hate to tell you that, but I've been called. I've been uh, called better. I've been called worse. <laughs> well, battle axe in my book will that'll that'll be there in every you know. I know. Every time I see you, so. Hey, I own it. I, um, I own. It. I don't think that's so bad. We can we can just do like BA. You can just start calling me BA yeah, or something. It just doesn't have the same range. I know. It, it's you know? Not, I was trying to get friendlier with the whole thing. It didn't just it didn't sound so bad. Welcome aboard, everyone. This <laughs> is Battle Axe, and uh... yeah, right, right. So uh, that, that that won't scare them away. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, yeah. I think you know what I'm getting from it all is like your passion, your determination, your the way you you know present yourself, the company, how you present yourself to the employees, the customers. And, you know, your ability to really kind of bring together an idea and a concept and just execute it perfectly and, and but have fun doing it and, and be passionate about it. And, and I feel like a lot of people, you know, they might have something that they're trying to do, but they're maybe not 100% passionate about it. And it, and it kind of shows, right? And I think you, you've just taken what you love and turned it into something that you can do every single day. And that's kind of living the dream, right? So absolutely, you know, yeah. I I think this is a, a good point to kind of leave off of, you know, leave on the leave off of on a positive note. And um, yeah. So anyway, Sherry, it was 
a pleasure to have you on the show and, and talk more and catch up. And uh, yeah, can't wait to call you back when you're Captain Sherry in a few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. A few weeks. As soon as they can proctor the test, I'll be have my 100 ton master's uh, captain's license. Ooh, 100 so, ton. Uh, there so, you go. Yeah, 100 ton. Yes. We went, went right for the big, the big whammy. Yeah. So yeah, awesome. unlimited passengers. Unlimited. <laughs> so <laughs> no. the yeah, orca will ship. now take 50 people. <laughs> yeah, right. No, no. I'm just yeah. going to forget the orca. I'm just going to write to the cruise ship. Right to the cruise no, ship. Actually, that know, would I be a be bad surprised. idea. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Oh, uh, they're not going to, that's it. Cruise ships are going to be, they're, they're done. I, I wouldn't want to do that anyway, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there, I don't know who, who knows, right? Here, it was, it was, uh, you know, I'm going for something new at my 54th birthday. I, that was, that, that's why I'm hoping I can get the test proctored before my 54th birthday. Cause to me, that was kind of like my birthday gift to myself getting oh, cool. my hundred ton, yeah. you know, but, um, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready. It's just what, when they're ready. Yeah. But um, but yeah, just, you know, challenging yourself, getting getting, you know, getting uh, new things going in your life and just um, doing what you love for the, the fact that you love it. Not so much that you're chasing the money, but you're chasing the dream. Right. You know, I love that. And you're doing the same thing, Zach. So, uh, I'm trying. You know? I'm trying. So, yeah, absolutely. But anyway, Sherry. Well, again, pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for chatting. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. That sounds great. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate awesome. you having me. Thanks, Sherry. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Beyond the Buoy. It was a real pleasure having Cherry on the show to learn all about her story as well as the story of Kona Snorkel Trips and a little bit about Elite Adventures. Um, but if you ever have a chance to go out to the Big Island of Hawaii and hang out in Kona, I would highly suggest hitting up Sherry, going on their website, KonaSnorkelTrips.com. If you like diving, Kona Honu Divers is an awesome outfit. They're affiliated with Kona Snorkel Trips. And if you're looking for any other tours, head on over to Elite Adventures. With that, if you want to learn more about Beyond the Buoy Podcast, you can head on over to our website, www.beyondthebuoypodcast.com. Also, like us, share, follow, leave us a review, subscribe, anything you can do to support the show. And as always, work hard, do good, and be incredible. Thank you. We'll see you on the next show, and uh, appreciate your support.